Great. Well, evening, everyone. Evening. Wasn't that great just to hear five amazing, very different stories about what Jesus does in people's lives today? Um, the, the Bible makes this amazing promise, because each of them in their own words today have, have made this comment, really, that said that there was something old that was happening, but now something very new and different seems to be happening in their life since they met Jesus Christ. And I want to help us tonight, and perhaps if you uh, have come and this is all strange to you, or you've just come as a friend, then perhaps these next few minutes I can help you just experience what some of these guys have experienced in your own way and in your own time. So the Bible says this amazing statement. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. That is one of the most amazing verses in the entire Bible. And that's what I'm just going to look at a little bit tonight. I wonder if you've ever had that joy of getting rid of something old to get something new. That joy of getting rid of something that was inferior to get something that was superior. I remember um, about uh, probably 18 or 19 years ago now, I had a favorite jumper. And uh, I loved my jumper. And I was a young single guy at the time. And uh, this is back in the mid-90s, and it was very fashionable back then to, to have brightly colored cotton jumpers, at least in my world. And uh, th well, th this thing happened. So I, I used to take this jumper everywhere with me. It was my favorite jumper, my jumper of choice on every day of the week, really. <laughs> and I would put this jumper to bed every evening at the end of the bed and, and I would go to bed just have it there in readiness for the next day of adventure together it was something of a companion to me and then I, I met this girl Julie and she she became my wife and and love is blind and at first I just totally didn't see what was happening she would buy me gifts of new clothes trousers shirts jumpers and just, oh, I just thought this would be nice and I just thought, isn't that sweet and I'd put them in the wardrobe but knowing, but in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, why is she buying me these things? I've got my jumper that I love. <laughs> this is all I need, and I would just faithfully put it on the end of the bed each evening in readiness for the next day. And it was somewhere between weeks three and weeks four of married life that we don't know what happened to that jumper. <laughs> I call it the mystery of marriage, where that jumper vanished without a trace, and nobody has ever taken responsibility for that <laughs> item going missing, but went, it did. But you know what? I wasn't too cut up about that, because in losing an old companion, I'd gained so much of a superior one, one who was going to be with me for all of my life. And there's a joy, isn't there, in getting something new where it trumps and supersedes and upgrades from something previous. Maybe you've had that joy of having an old mobile phone in your pocket that, with a broken screen, and, and when it rang in a public place, you, you were just too, too embarrassed to even answer it. You just let it ring. You just thought, oh, it's not important. What happens when you get that new iPhone and it rings in public? You think, you better just answer that. It might be really important. And you whip it out your pocket in front of everybody. Yeah, sorry. Hi, Mum. Yeah, can't talk right now. Bye. Yeah, everybody see my new phone? Yeah, lovely. My, my kids sometimes say to me, uh, I've got four young kids, and, and uh, they're kind of addicted to these iPad gadgets, and, 
And they, say, they said to me the other week, they said, Dad, what did you do for screen time in the olden days? <laughs> As if I lived in the olden days. And, and, uh, and I said, well, screen time. I said, we didn't really have any of those gadgets. I said, screen time in the olden days consisted of turning on the telly. And the parents didn't care how much telly you watched because there was absolutely nothing on it. In fact, we would usually put the telly on and this would be what was on the screen. And we would just look at this girl and her clown longingly, just waiting and willing for a program to come on the TV. And I've never wished harm to anybody, but this girl and this clown, sometimes they just made me angry. And then Channel 4 came along, and Channel 5, and the, the BBC even started putting programs on. And, and, and before you knew it, there was a whole cable network of channels. I can't even watch it all anymore. And, you know, when somebody said, well, what, what would you like to do this evening? I think, well, I certainly wouldn't want to just sit and watch her for a couple of hours. The old has gone. There, there's something superior that has replaced the inferior. So this verse says, if anyone is in Christ, and that's just shorthand in the New Testament. Whenever you come across that word in Christ, it means to be a Christian. If anyone's a Christian, then something brand new has happened in their life. In fact, it's not just a new thing, it's something that's getting newer all of the time. And each of these people baptized today, something about their relationship to their past has changed wonderfully. And something about their relationship to their future has changed wonderfully. And something about the very nature of who they are, their very person has changed. And that can be something that's slightly strange for us to get to grips with because we're, we're familiar with the things we see and we're familiar with the past and the future is sometimes an unknown quantity. You might look at these guys and think, well, they've looked the same as they've always looked. It's just now they're saying that something has changed. Have you ever wondered why we celebrate birthdays but we don't celebrate the anniversaries of our cars getting older? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You've never asked that question. <laughs> Let's just move on then to something else, okay? No. Let, 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 let me say, eight years ago, I, two major events happened in my life, eight and a half years ago. One was this, that I got a brand new car, and it was a top-of-the-range people carrier. And it had seven seats, and it had all the gadgets, and it came out of the show, and it was brand new, zero miles on the clock. It brought me so much joy, as much joy as a people carrier can bring anybody. <laughs> but it was just brilliant. I drove it around town, it's like, everything worked. Everything was smooth. Every button worked. You put the heating on, and it came on. You opened the window, and the window went, and I think, this is, this is like heaven. It's amazing. That same week, my daughter Evie was born. And... Again, that was an amazing moment, an incredible moment. Yet, here's the thing I've noted. As, as, as I've kind of tracked those two events alongside each other these last eight years, and each year we've had a birthday for Evie, and, and this is what I've noted, that each year she has become more and more and more of an incredible person, more of an interesting person. You, you, you know those little scans people show you when they have the... the, 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 the the baby in their tummy. And... <laughs> anyway. Um, the, and, and, and you look at it and you think, well, it's okay. It's not hugely exciting just to see a picture, is it, of something that will be one day that could become something. 
But the car, on the other hand, comes ready-built. The daughter, on the other hand, year by year grows more beautiful, more exciting, more interesting, more talented, more conversational. Each year, I enjoy her more and more. She's more fun. Her jokes get funnier, like mine. <laughs> her looks get better, like her mum's. She's incredible. And childish things, the rattle gives way for the plastic toys, gives way for the, the roller boots and the disco ball and the karaoke machine. And one day, it's highly likely, quite possible, that I'll maybe get to walk her down the aisle and, and she'll finally get rid of me as well in favor of a husband <laughs> who she'll say, actually, Dad, I'm moving on to the new thing. You see, each year more exciting than the year before. Let's talk about the car. <laughs> Started brilliant. Year one was okay, year two was fine. And then we had a scrape, then we had a knock, then somebody keyed the corner. And then we reached that point where things started falling off on the insides. And, and you sort of pulled the, the um, I remember pulling the handbrake one time, and the whole handbrake came off in my hand. <laughs> and we, we, we did fix that thing, but there's many things about it. That it's, it's eight years old, and we kind of think, well, I'm not sure we can be bothered to fix it up anymore. It's got bashes and stuff around the outside. And we're just like, well, it's eight years old. This is only going one way, this car. This is going to the car graveyard one day. And we'll just run it as long as we can. But there's no point in investing in it because it's an old thing getting older. Whereas my daughter was a new thing and she's getting newer and more incredible all the time. Now this is what it's likened to, to become a Christian. It's to put off an old way of life that is only going one way. An old way of life that's away from God. And it's to put your life in God's hands. And it's for God to reform your life and make you born again. And the very nature of being born again is it's like starting as a baby again. But each year that you're a Christian, God makes something better and better with your life. And God is at work in us as Christians. And the verses either side of that verse that we read says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I want to just briefly mention three things that are to do with getting rid of something old. And if you're wondering today, how could you end up thinking and believing like these guys do, and you desire that, and then there's three very simple things here in these verses. Firstly, it's to put off a wrong view of God. It says, once we used to think about Christ in very human terms, that's interesting, even those people that had first-hand experience of Jesus Christ on the earth, there were some of them who totally got who he was. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lord of glory from, from heaven, sent to earth. There were others who were just like, who's he? They just passed him by. They had no interest. There were others who even despised him and they rejected him. And they said, he's evil. According to, a, to some latest research, 40% of people today in our world, they say, actually, in our country, they say, you know what, Jesus, I don't think he even existed. I, I'm pretty sure he was just a, a fictional character. To become a Christian is to understand 
the truth of who Jesus is. He was a historical character who really lived and he showed us who God was. It's to understand that he has a call on your life because he's the Lord, he's the King, he's God. And once you understand who Jesus is, you understand that the very best response you can make is to give your life to him, to follow him. Here's the second old that gets put off when we put our faith in Jesus. It's alienation from God. It's living our lives away from him. That verse we read, it says, the old is gone, the new is here. All this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Reconciled. It speaks of relationship breakdown being put right again. The very first problem that happened in the Bible was a relationship breakdown with God. Adam and Eve, they, they said, oh, we, we, we're going to do it our own way. And it brought relationship breakdown with God. And it has done ever since. Every problem in your life and mine is fundamentally about this issue that we live away from God. That we don't live in companionship with him like we're designed to. It gets us into trouble. It gets us into trouble in our human relationships. It brings distance between us and God. And maybe you feel a mile away from God. And the reason is this, that you are a mile away from God. But the truth of the gospel is this, that Jesus came to bring you back. And you know what? God is more interested in having you back than you could ever imagine. Normally when people talk about reconciliation, that's the kind of word that sort of lawyers use after a divorce or something. And it's all, people imagine two warring parties sitting at a table and they kind of have negotiations about if you say this and do this, then I'll say this and I'll do that. That's not how the Bible defines reconciliation. In fact, just so we understood it correctly, Jesus told the story this way. He said, he said once he said there was a, a father and, and a son and the son ran away from home and he took loads of his dad's money, half of his dad's estate. He wasted it all on his own life and his own adventure and he wrecked everything. He wasted it all. And when he came back to his senses, he kind of thought, you know what, I could go back home to my dad and I could get a job with him. And I probably can't call him dad anymore because the relationship is gone. But maybe I could work for him to get some money. And Jesus tells the story this way. He says, when this faulty son walks back slowly and he's practicing his I'm so sorry dad speech, it says the father sees from a long way away. He's looking out and he sees his son coming up the road and the father in his elderly frail estate runs down the road to find his son. And the son is saying, well, I just need to tell you a few things. That says, no, no, let's not talk about anything. Come back. And he hugs him and he puts his robe on him and he puts his ring, his signet ring, the family ownership ring, straight on his finger. And he says, we are going to throw the biggest party this side of the world. And he, he kills the fattened calf. Jesus says, that, that's what it's like over one person who repents and comes back to God. God doesn't hold you to account for all your past failure. He says, I can forgive it all. He can reconcile us. Back to him. Here's the third old that God does away with. He gets rid of our lack of purpose. He says, God who has reconciled us to himself in Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Sometimes people say, you know what, when I'm older, I'll become a Christian. Maybe when I'm closer to my death, closer to heaven, all that sort of thing, then that's the time when I'll get serious about God. 
And they miss this hugely important thing that to live as a Christian, a Christ follower, is the most fulfilling, incredible adventure in the world. God gives you a purpose when you follow him. Somebody once said that each one of us is born with a God-shaped hole in us, a God-shaped hole in us that only God can fill. And we stuff that hole full of other stuff through career ambitions, through relationships, through trying to uh, define ourselves by self-image. But we're like a toddler trying to hammer the shapes through the wrong hole. We've got a God-shaped hole and God wants to fill it in you and I tonight. He wants to restore purpose in your life. He wants to help you find your destiny. It's to get rid of a wrong view of God. It's to get rid of alienation from God. It's to get rid of lack of purpose in your life. And it's to know the most incredible person in the world, God himself. Final thing. This verse says, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, do you hear the invitation of that very verse tonight? If anyone, this isn't just for a clique of people or five people who got baptized or, or, or people who were born in a certain household or family, this is for anyone. And tonight I just want to invite you into this incredible adventure into this incredible relationship with God. There's a famous painting behind me. This is uh, by a, a pre-Raphaelite artist by the name of Holman Hunt. The original hangs in St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And it's very famous because it depicts a verse of the Bible. And the verse of the Bible it depicts is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And I'll just read you what it says. It says... It's Jesus talking, and it says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. And Holman Hunt, the artist, as he read that verse, he, he, thought, I, he, he just pictured it in his head, and he, he painted this incredible painting. And it depicts Jesus in his suffering, holding a lamp that he's the light of the world, and he's there, he's knocking on the door of the human heart. And there's weeds growing up that door. It looks like that door hasn't been opened for a long time. I was, I was showing this picture to my youngest son, Ben, who's, who's four and a half the other day, and we were chatting it through at bedtime. And, and, I, and I said, I don't know if you noticed, Ben, but how's Jesus going to get into that door? Because th there's no handle on the outside. And uh, my, my son, Ben, being smart, he says, well, he's going to have to go around the back then, isn't he? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, no. <laughs> I said, actually, the point is that this door has to be opened from the inside. You see, I, I can't make anybody a Christian, and, and nobody in this room can make you something that you're not, but... The promise is here, if anyone opens the door to Jesus, then he'll come in. He'll come in, and that's simply what it is to become a Christian, is to say, Jesus, I'm opening the door. I believe who you are. I believe my need of you. And I need you in my life. And he's not going to go around the back. He's not going to find another way. 
other than you inviting him in. And the promise is this, that if you open the door, he says, I will come in and eat with you. In the culture that was written in, that was the most intimate thing that you could do with another human being. It's to eat with them. It still is today. To eat, you eat with people you like. That's why at work with colleagues, we tend to sit at our desk and have our packed lunch by ourselves. <laughs> it's a reminder that they are the enemy and we are. No, but Jesus says, I want to come and have lunch with you in your house, in your home, in your heart. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? There's a response that we can make tonight. And I'm done here. I don't have anything else to say. Are we going to sing another song? I think we are, aren't we? I don't know if the musicians could come and, can come and join me. Um, and uh, maybe, could you just play something just quietly for a second while, uh, just while I finish off here and then, and then we'll sing together. But here's, here's something that Jesus is still doing today. He's still knocking on the door of human hearts. And wherever anybody opens a door, he always goes through it. I've never known a case where somebody said, well, I, I invited Jesus in and he didn't come in. He, he always comes in. He always comes in and brings you forgiveness. He always comes in and brings you help. He always comes in and brings you hope. He always comes in and restores your relationship with God. And in doing so, he makes other relationships better as well. And the question is tonight, will you open the door as he knocks? For many of you in this room, you've done this before. Perhaps for some tonight, you, you want to just do it again and you feel like I've just been pushing God out of my life and tonight I just need to welcome him back in. Let's just bow our heads in prayer for a moment and as we thank God for our evening together and as we conclude our time with this final song, let me ask you this question. Do you want to open the door of your life to Jesus Christ tonight? And if you do, I just want to invite you to raise your hand right now because he will come in. Thank you. Anybody else? Amen. Great. We are going to celebrate with a final song together, and the band are going to lead us. Let's stand together.